In this first Sunday of Lent, the church gives us uh, the scripture readings in which we see this great call back to God, this simple reminder in the gospel of the kingdom of God being at hand to repent and believe in the good news. The good news of what? The good news that the covenant that was made with Noah, the covenant that was made with the chosen people, the covenant that ultimately would need to be uh, made between God and himself with the giving of his son. And so the second reading, St. Peter here reminds us of why Christ suffered. He suffered for our sins, for our waywardness, for our lack of fidelity to the great love that we have been bestowed. And in this death, we're reminded by St. Paul that he did this, that we might have life in the spirit, that we might be brought to life, right? A process of something happening, being brought to life in the spirit. And so in the gospel reading, the spirit is the one that's at work. But there's an interesting dynamic here when you really pay attention to this. The spirit drives Jesus to the desert, The Spirit is the one who drives Jesus among wild beasts. The Spirit is the one who sends him out in such a way that the devil would tempt him. Why would God do this? Why would the Holy Spirit put someone in such precarious circumstances? Now, obviously, Jesus is God and has the will and the strength and the grace and the humility to live among such things. But what is it that we are being reminded of here? What is this great gift of conversion? Well, it depends on where you are. Right? One of the unique dynamics of preaching to all of you is each one of you is at a very different stage in life. And it's a unique place here among students to have someone who is early and someone who is in the middle and someone who is late. Or one who is new, one who is growing, and one who is mature in faith. And so at times it can appear like someone else is in a certain place or you need a remedy for something that someone else has, but we have to discern, are you in the same place? Because the Spirit works in all ways, but the Holy Spirit works in unique ways according to the circumstances of each person. And so when you are in that process of discerning, if you're new in, in faith, the Holy Spirit's going to work one way. If you're developed in another way and if you're sort of running in another way. That first way of running, that uh, place in which the Holy Spirit works in people is one in which he actually is producing pain in your life. You ever think about that? God wants pain in your life. And if we think at that early stage, oh, everything should be peaceful, everything should be great, then we, won't, we may not follow God, right? If you're moving away from God, the evil one is the one who consoles you and makes you feel good and gives you excuses and all those things. It's, it's the good spirit who says, what are you doing? It looks exactly like this. 19-year-old young man with the world at his fingertips can do anything he wants, is totally free, moves into a fraternity house, doesn't really care about faith, but someone in that house hangs a crucifix up in their bedroom. And every time that guy goes into that bedroom, he's pained. He's provoked. He's uncomfortable. That's God. 
making him very uncomfortable. Because he's saying, turn back to me. You've left me. Maybe you see that in your own life in a way in which other people, my guess is if you're here, you're probably not too much in that stage, but possibly. Maybe you're only here reluctantly. Someone invited you and you felt like, oh, I don't have an excuse to do anything else. So you're here and you're like trembling. You're like, oh, how do I get out of this place without Father trying to talk to me? You know, that kind of thing. The Holy Spirit Right? But maybe you have had the experience of other people rejecting you. Or you've had the experience of other people sort of avoiding you. Is it possible that the reason they're avoiding you is the exact same reason that I, that 19-year-old fraternity man, didn't want to go in that bedroom? Because it reminded me of something I didn't want to be reminded of. You are a living presence. When you live your faith in a joyful way. You don't even have to say anything. People can be like, oh, you're really pushy. You don't, you're not pushy. You're joyful and they feel pushed. But that's not you. That's the Holy Spirit at work saying, turn back to me. Now, if you've done that and if you've turned back, The Holy Spirit is going to work in a very different way. The Holy Spirit, if you've turned back to God, if you're on a path in which even you're a total wretched sinner, and yet you've just made one little turn, you feel like you're forever away from being who it is you're supposed to be, and yet somehow God just pours grace into your heart. He gives you consolation. He gives you friends that just appear and help you know, keep going, keep going. Yep, I'm a sinner too. And you feel so moved, filled with emotion, right? Likely, you're able to come here and pray easily. Things seem like you're in a ship just flowing down a river. You think, my gosh, I'm not even hardly doing anything. That's the Holy Spirit saying you're going the right way. Keep going. I know it seems like you're a long way away, but that's the evil one who wants you to give up. You can't give up because you're in my hands. See how different those are? But the Holy Spirit is the one who produces both. So do you know which way you're going, where it is you are? And then, after you've been in the second stage, after you've journeyed for a while, after you're strong, that's when he does what he did to Jesus here. He'll take you to the desert. (laughs) And all those joyous moments, all that ease with prayer, all those comfortable things, everything being, it'll just go... It might look like having someone who was a great friend and helped you in the faith graduating last year, and now this year you feel like there's no one. And he's saying, yeah, you now are supposed to be that one. He's now saying, yeah, I gave you a lot of strength and encouragement. Now I want you to become something even greater. Or... You can be at a place where maybe prayer was really easy and then all of a sudden it's difficult. And he's saying, I want you to love me for me, not because of how I make you feel. 
And suddenly you you detach from a certain thing and and you discover when I detach from all of that and I just set my will and I just do what God wants, suddenly I see things happening in ways that aren't me at all. And I don't even feel like anything is really, God is even close to me. But if I look at the evidence of what's happening, God is certainly doing something around and through me. This is the Holy Spirit. But what is it so easy to do when we're in that process of growth, when we're in that place, when any obstacle comes our way, we're like, oh, can't do it. Oh, got to go this way. And then we start chasing experiences and we start chasing things that aren't of God. Instead of just staying put. Anyone who is going to grow in holiness Anyone who is going to grow in holiness is going to find themselves in a circumstance they don't want and God is going to say, just stay here long enough. If you don't get to that stage, you're actually probably just chasing things that appear to be God. If you haven't experienced an obstacle in faith, you're probably just at that first, second stage still. And there's nothing wrong with that. We do it all the time. I wouldn't even know how to tell you all this if I hadn't done it like 10 times in the last 19 years. It's the way it goes. But I promise you that if you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your lives, you will find yourself in places in which there is provocations and pains that you don't want, but it's him. And you'll find yourself in moments in which his consolation is so overwhelming. You just get down on your knees all by yourself in your bedroom and you weep because of how good he is and how much mercy he has for you and how grateful for you are for the people he's put in your life and the way he's helped you grow. And I promise you there will be moments in which that growth will feel like a wall in front of your face and he just suddenly disappeared. And you get to say with faith, Lord, I know that you're still here. And on the other side of all of those things, we will discover if we enter in that the cross leads to resurrection. And ultimately, our lives aren't here merely for us. They're here for him. And he wants us here for the other people who are walking in ways in which that provocation needs someone to say, hey, if you're interested, come with me. I know what it's like to be where you are. Or to be present and have stayed somewhere, right? I keep uh, telling different people, like, if you don't stay anywhere, the only reason that people will have friendship is if someone stays first. Be the first person to stay somewhere. Be the first person to go closer to God even when no one else is. And eventually, you'll discover that someone else meets him only because of you. And there's no experience in this world like discovering that the Holy Spirit who used Jesus Christ to transform the world has chosen the apostles and the disciples and the saints and the people down through the ages in just the same way he chooses you. That the love you have been given, someone else might receive too.
in this Lenten season, let us pay attention to where we are. In the first place, in the second place, or in the third place. And fully aware of where we are, then we can ask the Holy Spirit to give us the strength in the circumstance we're in to do God's will.